Welcome to the discussion, Leading Voices in Federal Contract Management, sponsored by Technomile. Here's today's moderator, Vanessa Roberts. Welcome to Leading Voices in Federal Contract Management, a series of conversations on Federal News Network with experts across the federal industry about the unique challenges of managing federal contracts and how best to tackle them. I'm Vanessa Roberts. Today, our guest is Howard Porter, Corporate Director and Senior Vice President of Contracts at CACI. Welcome, Howard. Thanks, Vanessa. Great to be here. It's lovely to have you. Well, let's dive right in. You've had a lengthy career as part of the CACI Contracts team. What led you to this work? You started as a lawyer. What are you still passionate about it, and why do you keep doing it? So I was familiar with CACI for my wife. She had a long run at CACI on the line side of our organization. And my skill set was different because, you know, being an attorney. But I, I felt like the, the soft, I, I was ready at that time in my life to make a career change. And I felt like the soft skills that I developed as a, as a lawyer would uh, serve me well in, in this role. And um, so I, I believed in CACI at the time. Uh, it, it, not only in the company, but also the mission that it supports. And um, CACI had a great reputation, and it still does. Our 60-year uh, history in the industry and our legacy is very well known. Well, can you talk about the evolution of technology and contracts management? You've definitely been in that role long enough to have seen a lot of changes. There's been a lot of change in ITs generally in the government and in contract management. But talk about that more specifically at CACI. So I'm dating myself, but I started at CACI in 1999. So, um, so I have seen a lot of, of evolution. When I came to CACI, we um, had hard copy files. Um, we didn't have an automated file capability. And proposals were being submitted to the government, largely hand delivery. There's still some of that that goes on. But at the time, it was largely hand delivery and some email delivery. But shortly after I joined CACI, we de- actually deployed our first contracts management repository. And so um, we created project records that corresponded to each of our contracts, and we captured key contract information in those, uh, those project records. And then a few years after that, we deployed our next generation contract management system. And that system was really a step forward for us in terms of capturing key stakeholder requirements and also helping us move towards an automated file capability. And we really enhanced that system over several years. So um, we have, have a really strong uh, person on my team who was our contracts uh, functional expert. Um, and uh, she did a great job of collaborating with the business side of the company and with the other functions to make sure that that system was keeping up with what our, our requirements were. And then in 2020, in late 2020, uh, right during the height of COVID, we deployed our uh, current contracts management system. And, and it's a very robust system. It's fully integrated with our sales system. Uh, it captures our key workflows. For example, our bid approval process, our OCI, that's conflict of interest screening, um, our risk assessment process. It's truly a cradle-to-grave contracts management system. And um, it's, it's definitely... I think, state-of-the-art in terms of capturing the requirements that our leadership needs and our um, uh, our key stakeholders. Now that connection between the knowledge about the contract that you may be bidding on, but also that risk assessment, that's a huge piece. Having all that additional background information probably was a huge part of what you were looking at as you evolved, right? It was, without a doubt. I mean, it's just being able to 
go to one place and being able to pull that information so that you're not going to multiple uh, different systems, if you will, for, for uh, risk assessment workflow as compared to an OCI screening, being able to marry up the, the information related to the bid approval to the OCI screening. So having that housed in one place and be able to, being able to capture that data quickly and, and assess it and, and slice it and dice it as we need to, um, it helps us identify trends and really just leads to better decision making too. Also, you mentioned something that I think was interesting was that connection to like the business leaders and the business leads and that cross connection of those disciplines. Um, it sounds like that was also a key element for you. Well, without a doubt. I mean, we're here to support as a contracts organization. We're here to support the business. And, and uh, so that was absolutely critical for us. So integrating technology more directly into contracts management, it's clearly a critical focus at your, at your company right now. But can you share what that entails for your team and also more broadly what that means for the business side of the house? Right. Well, I mean, I think first it, it frees up our contracts team um, from more routine tasks that can be time consuming and allows them to focus on more key aspects of their their job. And and we were fortunate that our leadership made the made the investment. They were very committed to this too. Um, so it's been a big benefit to our contracts organization from that perspective. But more broadly, in terms of data collection and compilation. Um, it's allowed us to largely eliminate the manual compilation of that data where you're going out to individuals trying to pull data. And, and it doesn't mean that we're not doing QA on that data or reviewing it, but that is, that's a big time savings for us to have that information readily available. And, and I think another key point is that it helps us scale as a company as, as we grow. Um, and that's, that's really important. I think increasingly important. And we're always looking at new capabilities and new technologies. Um, talk a little bit about, though, you mentioned something there that was interesting. There's still a lot of paper that's involved in federal contracting, right? Right. Talk about that and kind of the gathering of that and getting that into the system efficiently. Well, there is. I mean, it, it, some of it's, it, a lot of it's incoming, right? It's what comes in from the agencies that we support. And so um, each agency uh, has sort of different formats, different contract models that they follow. So it's not necessarily, I mean, it covers the same things, but in terms of the way it's structured and formatted, it varies from one agency to the next. That's a lot of it too. There's a lot of disparity from, depending on who you're working with, right, in the particular agency that you might be supporting through those contracts. That's right. Um, but are you finding that agencies actually want more more data that they're looking for data directly from their contractors too. They, they are. I mean, they're also looking at, um, and the RFPs reflect that sort of what the hot button issues are, how they may be evaluating contractors. Are they focusing more, for example, on past performance? Um, are they focus and, and do they have sort of a structured way that they look at past performance? I mean, I think that's a good example of that. And just talk to the challenge of. Kind of data hygiene, you also mentioned that, um, and making sure that what you have in that system is clean in the sense that you know that it's legitimate and correct. How are you tackling that challenge? Well, I mean, I think that that's, uh, there's still the manual entry of that data that goes into the system that feeds it. And so there's no substitute for good blocking and tackling and, and, ha and having not only people who are 
able to read and discern government contracts doing that, but, but having a review team. Because our contract system is truly the front-end system for our company. It feeds our financial systems um, and, and other systems within the company. And, and it's again, it's key for decisions that we make. So uh, that is critical, no question. So the Q&A aspect is front and center. It is. It is. <laughs> We've touched on several of the areas that you were looking at and how it affects, the, you know, particularly the contact team. Maybe talk a little bit more about the business side of it and the impact of that and how that connects back to your team. Um, Will that help you or no? Hang on just a minute here. Let me, let me double check here. Or tell me which area you would like to focus yeah, on. Yeah, well, actually it's five. I wanted to look, I wanted, well, whenever you're ready, <laughs> I was going to get into how we're using artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah, that comes up a little that. bit. If, Do you okay. want to talk a little bit about um, maybe how you um, interact with the other teams and how they interact with your system? I thought that was really fascinating, and people maybe don't think that it's in a silo, like that that's in a silo, but it's a huge piece of what ultimately is serving customers, right? A- absolutely, glad to do that. So, for example, when we enter, a, uh, when we get a new contract award and we enter that record in our contract system, some of that data flows through to our financial system, for example, and that would be financial information, for example, example the, the funding value of the contract and then the, the overall to- contract value and also the value of future options um, because that's important and terms of our estimating system or our, our planning, I should say our planning system going forward. So, um, I mean, that's a, that's a really good example of that. In terms of our workflow, for example, our risk assessments, that although it's housed in our contract system, the approvals, the people who review that include contracts, for sure our contracts managers um, coming up through senior contracts leadership, but it also goes to our line leadership, it goes to our, uh, finan- our, our leadership on the finance side, so that everybody has a chance to go through and review that um, and, and assess it before we actually go ahead and take that step of, okay, we're going to go ahead and do this. And how do you control the access to that data and who can come and go? So it's, it's accessible from a read standpoint to our line organizations, our PMs, to our finance organizations. But we, as the functional owner and contracts, are the people who actually maintain that data. So we're the, we're the people that had the edit rights to the data. You're the gatekeepers. We're, we are the gatekeepers, correct. <laughs> what have been some challenges in kind of deciding what's the right path for providing access to that information and also in ensuring that you're getting all the information that you need? I mean, so our contracts system is, is straightforward in the sense that it reflects what's in the four corners of the contract. If we've got the complete contract, then we should be capturing that data correctly in the, in the context, contract system. So that it, different information about like deliverables that we're submitting to a customer, that's primarily the responsibility of our PM. In contracts, we're notifying the contracting officer that we've provided the government with this deliverable um, and so we're maintaining that sort of information, but um, in terms of um, it, it, it's it's accessible to everybody. But again, the contracts information were the gatekeepers for that. And also, how do you align that contract information with whatever unique compliance might be related to that? A lot of compliance layers in government contracts that, <laughs> that, that we have to manage. So, for example, when we get a uh, uh, contract modification in that includes um, an update to um, information about how, uh, well, for example, Service Contract Act, right? I mean, we have 
some contracts that incorporate the Service Contract Act. So when we get an updated wage determination related to, to those folks who are Service Contract Act employees, then that goes to our HR department um, for, for review, basically, so that we update our records. Right. And that also varies a lot from contract to contract and agency to agency. What are the compliance factors that are involved? But there's probably no federal contract that goes through without some, right? Well, it, it's it's true, and and some of the certainly the FAR clauses and and, and other agency regulations are common across the contracts, um, which which does help things. We know what the plane. That's I think the advantage of doing business with the federal government is that um, we know what the playing field is, and and um, and and there is latitude in the regulations for both the government and contracts to. Uh, to accomplish the agency's mission, uh, but do it, with, do it within the regulations. You're listening to Leading Voices in Federal Contract Management, sponsored by Technomile on Federal News Network. We'll be right back. Technomile provides transformative cloud solutions, purpose-built to help federal contractors find, pursue, win, and retain more business with the government. Technomile's growth suite empowers BD and capture teams to efficiently manage opportunities, gain actionable market and contact intelligence, and focus resources on the right pursuits. Post-award, Technomile's integrated GRC suite streamlines contract management, improving compliance, risk management, and audit readiness. Visit technomile.com to learn more. That's T-E-C-H-N-O-M-I-L-E.com. Welcome back to Leading Voices in Federal Contract Management, sponsored by Technomile on Federal News Network. Our guest is Howard Porter of CACI. Welcome back. Thanks. So before the break, we were starting to get into some discussions around compliance topics. Can you talk a little bit about how you manage those and keep track of what's happening? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So some administrations, probably more than others, rely on executive orders. And uh, typically when an executive order comes out, there's direction uh, to go ahead and implement that, that regulation. And there's a, normally a public comment period associated with that. So we're not totally being blindsided when a new regulation comes out in the FAR because there's an advanced period. So we do, do really try to stay up with that in terms of here's what's coming down the road. Do we want to offer a comment, a public comment on a particular regulation? So, and then we have to consider do we need to put a new process in place internally to make sure that that information, which is housed in our contract system, is getting disseminated to the right, right stakeholders? And often that involves getting on the phone with the stakeholders, too. It's, we try not to make assumptions, so we all try to talk through it together. We do have a very collaborative functional team at CACI and very collaborative with the line organization, too. And that's, that's really important for a successful contract contracts organization to have those kinds of relationships, not only at my level, but um, but at all layers of the organization. And probably also with a lot of contract teams in the government itself as well. It's a, it's a big government, right? A lot of people, but that community is pretty tight and very well established. A hundred percent it is. And, and so the relationships that we have are equally important with the government. I mean, it's it really... Another example, I think, of uh, really a, a key uh, requirement for a contracts organization to be successful is to have those good working relationships with, with our government customers so that there's trust developed. Right. And there is some back and forth. It's, you know, people think, oh, it's just all paperwork and compliance and risk assessments, but there's a lot of latitude to have conversations and to work together. There, uh, yes, I would say that the, the, the administrative part of the, of the job is, is it's important, but 
the key part of the job is really the, the substantive work that we do with the government to enable the mission. And, and that's what we're, we're all about that. Our program managers are all about that, and, and certainly the government is as well. Right. There, I mean, if you don't enable the mission, that's not a successful contract. 100%. The business can't grow. That's right. <laughs> from your guys' perspective, right? Right. Well, let's get back to, to the hard technology stuff for a second. Talk a little bit about how you guys are maybe starting to use artificial intelligence, um, data analytics, machine learning, those type of things. And are they providing new kinds of insights for federal contracting and also for the business side? So a good example is that on the contract side is that we're uh, looking at artificial intelligence in terms of being able, able to auto-populate the fields in our contract system. And uh, one example of that is structured contracts data. So when it comes in from agencies, pretty much across the board, there's a section in the contract that lists all the FAR clauses, and if it's DOD, the DFAR clauses, for example, that are incorporated in the contract. So extracting that information and being able to auto-populate it is a big step saver for us. Uh, it eliminates a manual step, and as I mentioned earlier, it frees up our contracts team to f- be able to focus on other other key aspects of their of their job. Um, then we're also looking at unstructured contracts data, for which there's a lot of that. Um, for example, labor category descriptions. One agency may put that in the statement of work. Another may, agency in a given RFP or contract may include it as an attachment. There may be credentials or uh, separate certifications, for example, that are called out in the contract. So being able to go in, extract that information, compile it when it's in different parts of the contract, and then also differentiate if I've got a labor category description, is it sort of generally this is what the position entails, or does it have specific requirements for education or experience in there that would be a compliance requirement for us as part of the contract? And uh, again, there would it's it's a, it's assistance, digital assistance, you could call it, uh, because there's still the need for the contracts manager's oversight, but but the step, the time savings, um, the cost savings. I think from those things can be a real benefit. And as we look at that information, we also have a view towards if there's if, if we're looking, if we see a need there and a benefit, there's a good possibility our government customers would too. And are you also looking at it to kind of like hunt out in the unstructured data? Like there's a lot of conversations now. People talk, you know, when the, a business version of text, you know, applications like Slack and those type of things. Um, there's a lot of email correspondence. There's public comments on things that you may want to consider. Are you using it in that way too? Um, well, we, we from a strict contracts management standpoint, we distinguish between what are contractual requirements and what's in the contract as compared to other types of communications which may be important. Right. Um, I would say still a lot of our communication that goes on with the government is done via email. Um, and And... In a lot of cases, picking up the phone, and then there's follow-up correspondence. So I would say we haven't been faced with a need yet to, to really sort of readdress that. So we've been looking at probably more in the context of what's in a contract, how can we compile it, and, and make our overall organization and business more efficient. Right, that idea of the robotic process automation, right, that's saving on those repetitive things that you talked about. Exactly. Which gives your staff the ability to use their smarts versus just... Hunting and pecking, maybe, but probably most of them type a lot faster than that. But yeah, no, it's it's true. Yeah. Well, you've talked like many 
government acquisition organizations, I've heard you talk about the need to entice next generation workers to acquisition and contracts management. Um, what are your ideas there for kind of doing that? And is technology a factor there? Do you think that having a more tech advanced type of environment is a piece that is important now? It's definitely important, yeah, w- w- without a doubt. I mean, it's an enabler. I, I think that Stepping back a little bit, not many people know about contracts management as a career option. People who are in college typically aren't aware of that or or otherwise, for that matter. So how do you get capable people um, who might have an interest and an aptitude for it to be aware of it? And one way that we're doing that is through our summer intern program. Uh, We uh, have a summer intern program for contracts at CACI. and, And that provides, I think, a great opportunity for our contracts interns to see what we in contracts do to support the business and, and how we help the business grow. Um, and also see the really important and cool missions that we're supporting for our customers too. I think it's very awakening uh, for people who, uh, who come in that way. Um, and so I just think that's a great opportunity in general to introduce people into the, to the government contracting space. You think there's also just like a lack of awareness of the integral part that plays in the overall business. You, talk, you mentioned the growth, but it is kind of, you, early on in this conversation, you talked about how like we're the starting point, right? Like that life cycle of the contract is at the core of the business growing and your organization is managing that. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, I think when the, in, the interns come in, for example, they see that. They see, okay, this is where this information flows to. This is who uses it. And, um, but in, in addition to that, they also see that we're, we're doing a lot in terms of being business advisors, too, and how we're engaging with our customers. We, we will try to take them to customer meetings. Um, we'll take them to our, our proposal reviews, where they're in there with the, the sector leadership, uh, the, the key finance people. So they're seeing the level of engagement that goes on, and, and there really is a, a very important business role that we play. How do you recruit these people for these internships? What, how are you finding and attracting them to you? We, we have uh, basically job fairs, and um, so we, we put it out there uh, with the schools that we work with, and, and, um, and we get a lot of resumes typically in response. And, and so it's something that we're definitely going to continue to mind going forward because, as we all know, especially coming out of COVID, there's a real premium on finding talented people and being able to reinvigorate the workforce, too. Yeah, you have to have people to grow up into the, the program, right? You can't have people just at the top and at the bottom. You have to have that growth. A- absolutely. And then, and then retain those people, too, when they're doing a good job, exactly. too. I mean, that's, that's very important to us. Right. It's, a, it's its own life cycle in itself. Right. Um, how do you define contract management maturity, and how has that maybe evolved for you from your perspective over your career? Well, I think that probably what I think there's more and more of a premium to me on being able to scale. And for example, in the M and A context, um, how can how can you um, bring in a, a company and um, do it seamlessly so that it's it's as painless as possible for the company that you're bringing in too, because it's a change for sure, but also not have to modify or change your processes. And so uh, that to me is part of having a mature contracts organization is having that in place, that capability in place, so that you can, you can pivot quickly um, and, and be able to do that. And, and at CACI, we do have a long, very successful track record of integrating 
new, new companies and the capabilities that, that we bring. Is it also about like a flexibility of technology, the ability to easily integrate new technologies and being more modular and adaptable now than maybe previously? It, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And, and then I think is in terms of a, a mature contracts organization, to me, the real key is people. You really need to have, a, just from a contracts perspective, a, a depth and, a, and a, a range of experience across different agency contracting models, because they all vary some. Knowing how the agencies operate, experience across different contract types, the risks involved in them, and then um, what's needed to execute successfully. And um, it, really, I think that the key is for us to have the versatility within our organization to be able to support the different parts of the business and do it successfully, and also to be able to work well with those government customers so that we're on the same page when we're talking to, together and, and working through things. Right, because part of the idea of the merger is, too, that you're expanding probably the field of agencies that you might be supporting. So there's that piece, too, that, that continues without any hiccups, right? That, well, that's that's right. And, and, uh, and when you acquire a, a company, even if it's an agency, because we do business with a lot of agencies, even if it's an agency that we're familiar with, there are established relationships between that company, their customers trust them, um, and, and, and our customers trust us too, but we want to make sure that we're valuing what they bring to the table. Well, we're almost done with our little conversation, but before we do that, is there anything really cool on the horizon at CACI that you want to talk about or touch on? Well, I think um, when... When COVID arose and we were working through implementation of the CARES Act, um, as an example, industry worked very closely with the government acquisition leaders, and, and we worked through those things together. So we want to continue that collaboration, uh, which we are, towards the goals that we have, but also I know that the, the government uh, leaders have. And some examples of that would be procurement lead times. How long does it take from the time an RFP drops until contract award? And, and what can be done to reduce the, the, the time, that, the time period? Um, contract type, for example, moving towards more outcome-based, completion-based contracting, utilizing existing contract vehicles that had the scope needed to support customer missions versus the customer feeling like we've got to go issue a new RFP. And, and, and I know from talking to, to um, folks on the government side that those are priorities on the government side, and we're fully on, on board with those things. Another area is um, the labor force. How do we expand the pool of, of people that are available to support the work that we're doing for the government? And um, in terms of delivery models, I mean, one example would be if you've got a classified contract can, can the development work for a new system be done in an unclassified environment, even though eventually it'll be promoted um, to, to a classified environment, opening up a wider aperture in terms of the skill sets that can be utilized to do that? Kind of restructuring the way we think about a lot of these activities. Because we saw that during COVID, they, some of these things could be done faster, and they could be done successfully. Right. By just kind of being willing <laughs> right. to, get, to, to move outside the comfort zone, right, to some degree. I, I agree. I think it starts with a mindset. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Howard. It's been lovely talking to you. I really appreciate hearing all your insights. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for joining us as we talked with Howard Porter, Corporate Director and Senior Vice President of Contracts at CACI. I'm Vanessa Roberts. To learn more about federal contract management best practices, 
Visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Technomile. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Leading Voices in Federal Contract Management, sponsored by Technomile on Federal News Network.